Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, the longtime voice of Believe, welcoming you on to this week's episode as we are going to be breaking down one of the most exciting times of the NFL season. It was the NFL draft took place last week. Uh, It was really like Christmas Day for fans of the NFL teams around the country. And uh, for the Buffalo Bills, I know there was a lot of lead up uh, to the draft. What was Brandon Bean going to do with his draft picks? If you looked at historically how he handled the first round, uh, seven of his eight picks have focused on the defense. Would that trend stay the same for this year's draft? How would Brandon Bean navigate his way through the draft board? Well, when all was said and done, the Bills emerged with a six person draft class. And today on Believe, I am going to give you my thoughts from a fan's perspective on what Brandon Bean accomplished, the six person draft class, what they will bring to Buffalo this upcoming season and in the future, and what some of the good fits were for the draft picks. And if there were any picks I thought were reaches for what Buffalo needed and when they were picked. We're going to run through all of that coming up here on this week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Now, when the draft, before the draft was beginning, during our preparations leading up to the draft, we had talked about what Buffalo's biggest needs were going to be coming into the draft. And I think it was pretty fair to say that finding a middle linebacker to replace Tremaine Edmonds, finding a slot receiver uh, to help out, finding some depth along the offensive and defensive lines, and then potentially adding a safety uh, were some of the big areas that the Bills were going to focus on. Well, with their six-person draft class, the Bills, I think, found a home run starting in the first round. Buffalo had to deal away its fourth-round pick, number 130, to move up two spots from pick 27 to 25. They drafted Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid in the first round. Then on Friday, the Bills stuck with the offense, adding one of the best interior offensive linemen in the draft in Florida guard Osiris Torrance at pick number 59. Later in the third round on Friday, the Bills took a linebacker, Dorian Williams, out of Tulane at number 91. And on Saturday with day three, the Bills would add themselves three selections. After a couple of trades, the Bills emerged at pick number 150 with Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter. Then they added in Ole Miss guard Nick Broker and Oregon State cornerback Alex Austin in the seventh round. In the process of those deals, the Bills did also add two sixth-round draft picks for the 2024 draft class. And so one of the big takeaways I'm going to start with here on Bill Leave is I applaud Brandon Bean's boldness and his vision for what he did with this draft. The Bills made themselves better, not only for 23, but they now have nine selections in the 2024 draft, including those two sixth-rounders that they picked up on Saturday's flurry of moves. But the first place we have to start, and and by the way, when I give you my thoughts on this, I'm not going to be giving you a draft grade for how Buffalo fared with its draft class. Those are such exercises of futility. There's no point in assigning a grade when a player hasn't played a snap or a down with the new team. 
Rather, I'm going to tell you what I liked about the moves and where I think they're going to fit in as Buffalo tries to make that push for that elusive Super Bowl championship. Now, the first round pick, Buffalo trades up. This is Brandon Bean's fourth time since taking over as general manager that he wheeled and dealed his way around the board, moving up, and he it was clear that he fell in love with Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. The Bills had to give up that fourth round pick, number 130, to leapfrog the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, it was pretty satisfying seeing all the you know Skip Bayless and the Cowboys fans suffering because Bills managed to move ahead of them to get the coveted prospect that Buffalo so desperately wanted. This is a such a sneaky move for the Buffalo Bills. We mentioned that the Bills wanted to go after firepower on the offense. They wanted to add a slot receiver, and they get all of that in Dalton Kincaid. As this draft board was playing out in the first round, you saw a lot of the wide receivers that the Bills were eyeing no one had gone off the board through the first 19 picks, including the Detroit Lions reaching. I like Jack Campbell as a linebacker, but I'm stunned that he went in the first round, number 18 overall, when a lot of mocks thought he might be available in the mid to late second round. But that goes to show also the futility of mock drafts. People all have opinions, but they don't really matter when it comes to the draft because it's a crapshoot. And who knows? what player is going to get selected where it's kind of a fun exercise, but you can't put too much stock uh, into the mock drafts. And so when it got through pick 19, the board had really broke the way that you would think the bills would have wanted it to wide receivers had not yet been taken, but then starting at pick 20, there was a flurry of activity. Jackson Smith, Najiba went to the Seahawks at number 20, Quinton Johnston went to the Chargers at 21. Zay Flowers went to the Ravens at 22. And Jordan Addison, my boy, was taken at pick 23 by the Minnesota Vikings. So at this point, Brandon Bean's probably getting a little nervous. He still wants to address the wide receiver or the slot position. And he makes a trade up with the Jacksonville Jaguars to draft Dalton Kincaid. And I know on this podcast, I have been a bit of a homer sometimes. Uh, I drink the Kool-Aid at one Bill's drive. But I am such a fan of this move of Dalton Kincaid. I know the Bills paid a bit of a steep price giving away that number, the fourth round pick. But the Bills got the best, not only the best pass catching tight end in the draft, arguably the best pass catcher in the draft. They added with Dalton Kincaid, who will be one of Buffalo's top three pass catchers in 2023. I have to applaud Brandon Bean for going against the mold when it comes to this type of move. Normally with a slot receiver, you're thinking of someone who's a little smaller than Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is a man child. He is aggressive. He's physical. He's agile. And it's really, this is going to be a matchup nightmare for opposing secondaries. It's going to give the bills a big size advantage without having to sacrifice the athleticism that sometimes can come from being in your 12 personnel set with two tight ends on the field at once. This is, and there is a caveat with this pick. We're going to break down Kincaid's game, but all of this praise that we're going to heap on the Utah talent comes with one asterisk. This is only a great move if Ken Dorsey and the Buffalo Bills learn how to adapt and adjust to what Dalton brings to the table for this slot receiver position. Again, I mentioned he was by far the best pass catching tight end, one of the most decorated pass catchers in the draft. In fact, I love Daniel Jeremiah's quote where he goes, if the NFL lets 
Dalton Kincaid hang around long enough to be drafted by the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen, the league will get what it deserves. And I think this is exactly the matchup nightmares that Buffalo's opposing defenses are going to have to deal with on a week-to-week basis. With Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis split out wide as your boundary wide receivers, with Dalton Kincaid in the slot, with Dawson Knox as a talented pass-catching tight end lined up there, and then either James Cook or Naheem Hines or Damian Harris, or even the newly signed Latavius Murray uh, being in the backfield. It's going to be a pick-your-poison type of defense for Buffalo's offense. The Bills, with this draft pick, give Josh Allen another talented and reliable pass catcher. But more than that, Brandon Bean says this move gives a team the versatility that it was lacking coming into the draft. Now, Kincaid, boy, I mean, his, his route running is excellent. He's got elite ball skills, and he really is a phenomenal talent at yards after the catch. That was something that Buffalo was sorely lacking last year when it came to their offense. You're bringing in a player like Dalton Kincaid. He had 175 catches as a college player, and he adds a different layer to Buffalo's already special offense. And I want you to, I implore you to think of Kincaid not as a tight end, but as a receiver. He, again, is a very talented receiver who can line up in the slot. He's physically imposing. He's got great agility, but he can also be moved a little bit inside and line up as a second tight end if the Bills really truly want to run out of some authentic 12 personnel looks. This, to me, has Pro Bowl potential written all over it, and I know that there's some concerns about why would you draft a tight end in the first round one year after giving Dawson Knox that massive contract extension. Here's the reason why Knox and Kincaid, or as I'm going to call them, the Donkey Kong brothers, because their initials are both DK, they complement each other. Kincaid is not a great blocker. Knox is. Knox is a great pass catcher, and Kincaid is a great route runner and pass catcher as well. They are not the same position. They just so happen to be labeled as tight ends, but they're a very complementary to each other. And I think this is going to be a great way for these two weapons to be on the field at the same time, complementing each other for a talented Buffalo offense. If you haven't seen some of the highlights of Dalton Kincaid, I implore you to go to Twitter and just watch some of the videos, especially of that performance against the USC Trojans when Kincaid had 16 catches, a school record for 234 yards while making some acrobatic Awesome catches downfield. Kincaid finished with 70 catches for 890 yards and eight touchdowns last year. And when you watch his film, you'll notice he's great at high pointing the ball. He's great at winning those one-on-one battles and coming down with the catch. There's a big reason for that. He has a background in basketball, which led to his jumping abilities being extremely awesome. His athletic abilities to match. He's fluid. He's got good footwork. He's a natural ball winner and his hands. He just does not drop the ball during his college career. This is remarkable. He pulled down 35 touchdown catches and had only four drops period in his college career for a team like Buffalo that struggled with the drops last year, bringing in a reliable pass catcher like Dalton Kincaid is a win-win. And I know his blocking is not great, but you're not asking a freak like Dalton Kincaid to be a solid pass blocker. You know, whatever he gives you in the blocking department is gravy. He is going to make Bills fans 
Think back to the days of third and Cole when Cole Beasley was an automatic first down machine for the Buffalo Bills. And he's even more of a playmaker and more athletic and talented than Cole Beasley was. I love the move. I love the fact that Brandon Bean admits this is something the team did not have on the roster heading into the draft. So with that first pick, the Bills draft, Dalton Kincaid, a versatile slot receiving tight end. Um, he he easily could be the Bills' top choice in the slot as early as this year because the Bills currently don't have a starting caliber slot receiver on the team. The Bills are gonna fi- the Bills have to find a way to get Dalton Kincaid involved in the offense with Dawson Knox. I love 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 this pick. You're looking at somebody who is a generational talent with what he brings to the table. The Bills did not have this type of receiving weapon on their on their team. It's going to make Josh Allen and the offense so much more potent moving forward. I love the pick of Dalton Kincaid. He's got elite hands. He's got, again, great footwork. Uh, and just view him not as a tight end. View him as a slot receiver. This is an awesome move, and I feel like if the Bills find a way to put the pieces of the puzzle together, they're going to love what Dalton Kincaid brings to the offense. Now, in the second round, there was still that need for linebacker and Drew Sanders from Arkansas was still hanging around, hadn't been picked. But when the Bills turn came up, they turned yet again to offense, which I actually love the fact that Brandon Bean addressed the offense. And there's a reason why Osiris Torrance was the perfect fit. The interior lineman from Florida had potential to go at the end of the first round, but I think he fell because he wasn't as versatile. He didn't have both the ability to play tackle and play the guard positions. But what he brings as a physical interior offensive lineman, it was a home run pick for the Buffalo Bills, and it bucked a trend. The Bills have never spent serious draft capital on the interior of the offensive line since Bean took over in 2017. 2017. With this pick of Osiris Torrance at pick number 59, the Bills finally showed how serious they are about retooling the interior of the offensive line. And Sean McDermott himself, all offseason, has made subtle and not-so-subtle references to the fact that Buffalo needs to do a better job protecting its franchise quarterback, Josh Allen. In bringing in Osiris Torrance, the Bills are getting that and more. You're getting somebody who can play both the right guard and the left guard spot. Admittedly, he only played left guard his first 13 games as a freshman during a career that was split between Louisiana and Florida. But what he brings to the table, it's not a sexy pick whatsoever, but you're getting a potential day one starter who at the worst case is going to push Ryan Bates to be the other starting guard on the offensive line. And it's also going to give the Bills great help bolstering their depth along the offensive line. Now, Osiris Torrance, he's massive, but he's lean. He's full of muscles, but he's not a fat offensive lineman. He's got above average power, and he's a really physical run blocker. And what is one area that we mentioned that the Bills need to get better at with the offensive line? It's being better at run blocking and the zone blocking schemes in particular. Osiris Torrance, his physicality helps him to quickly gain control of the line of scrimmage, and he's pretty adept at pushing the defenders from their spots along the trenches. He's pretty solid in pass protection too, and I say pretty solid as a tongue-in-cheek reference. When you look at his entire career across Louisiana and Florida, across 1,501 career pass blocking snaps, do you know how many sacks Osiris Torrance gave up? 
If you said zero, ding, 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 no sacks allowed against his quarterback. That's outstanding pass protection. He's able to set up wide with his body. He plays the position with authority in pass blocking, and his reactive skills are elite when it comes to recovering and getting himself back in line against some of the quicker edge rushers out there, his strength, his body control, and the chip on his shoulder. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to play to the best of his abilities, and you're going to get someone who could potentially be a day one starter uh, at pick number 59 in the second round. I love his ability to contribute the zone blocking scheme for the Buffalo Bills. I love his big, powerful presence on the inside. He's just someone that can be disruptive with the flexibility and the power that he brings to the offensive line spot. Now he's not perfect. Otherwise he would have gone high in the first round and he's not great as being a pull blocker, but the bills don't have to do that nearly as much with his, with their way that their blocking schemes and angles are set up. I don't think that's going to be a weakness that comes to the forefront whatsoever. I love again, his solid abilities as a pass blocker, This is a perfect scheme fit for the Bills, and they didn't have to trade up to get him. It's an incredible value pick, and again, this is the first significant investment that Brandon Bean has made in the interior of the offensive line. It's a great value pick, and this is really an easy win-win for the Buffalo Bills. They're getting somebody who fits so well in the zone-blocking scheme that the Bills like to run, and he's going to get a chance. You watch this training camp battle between Torrance and Ryan Bates at right guard to see who wins the spot. That's one of the more intriguing training camp position battles to watch when the Bills take the St. John Fisher later on this summer. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As we continue to run through Buffalo's draft class here on Bill Eve, the Bills got to round three and had not yet addressed one of their most glaring needs on the roster. 
a middle linebacker to potentially replace Tremaine Edmonds, who left via free agency. At pick 91, the Bills drafted a talented, rangy, and athletic linebacker named Dorian Williams out of Tulane. But Dorian is not going to step up and take over for Edmonds. He's more of a weak side linebacker. He's a developmental linebacker prospect who someone will profile as a weak side backer, which is the same role that Matt Milano currently serves on the Bills. Perhaps the Bills envision switching Milano to a Mike linebacker one day and having Williams as their weak side backer. We'll only have to see how time plays out with this move. But one of the reasons, and I liked Dorian Williams, if you heard our Bill Eve mock draft pick uh, from a couple weeks ago, I like the Williams pick. I just didn't think he was a third round talent. I thought he was more likely to be available in the fifth round. So I think the Bills reached a little bit with this selection and Brandon Bean to put Bills fans at ease. This is not Edmonds's replacement. The Bills feel strongly that Terrell Bernard or one of the other uh, linebackers like AJ Klein are going to start at the middle linebacker spot this off season. But Williams could potentially uh, be a cross trained person who could fit at middle linebacker and switch him over and play both weak side and middle to see what he can bring to the table as a middle linebacker. He's definitely going to be in the competition as one of Buffalo's top three linebackers on the base defense and when they're facing heavier formations. But I think more more importantly, you're going to see Williams be a core asset on special teams, a core special teams contributor. When you look at what Williams brings to the table, he's a tremendous tackler. He had more than 300 stops at Tulane, 27 for a loss. He had nine and a half sacks in his career with the green wave. He's explosive. He's speedy. And he's got a motor that just does not quit. He's great at tracking down ball carriers in space. He's also good at generating pressure off the edge. He's got some incredible flexibility as a linebacker. He plays really well in space. And I think the fact that you're going to see Williams come in and compete at least on a special teams role with the potential for more. He's so young. He's 21 years old. He's long. He's rangy. He's athletic. I think you watch him learn and grow from Matt Milano and his development, and you're going to see Williams soar in his ability as a prospect. He's not going to be Tremaine Edmonds, but he's going to contribute to the Bills. And I think that with his toolsy abilities, one day he might step up and, and really surprise and prove worthy of the third round selection. But again, my biggest critique with this was I felt like it was a reach. I thought that to find a third linebacker in the base defense or a top reserve, which is where Williams seems poised to go, they could have waited a little bit longer to draft him. But I feel like Williams will have a spot on the 53-man roster, and he even could compete uh, for one of the top spots um, if there's an injury or he has an outstanding you know, training camp. It's not like A.J. Klein or Balin Specter, for example, are proven commodities uh, on Buffalo's defense. I feel like this is an example where Brandon Bean is trying to line up and take as many punches as possible at finding a talented athletic linebacker. And even though he's not the same position as Tremaine Edmonds, maybe down the road the Bills can transition Dorian Williams to that Mike spot. But right now he is lined up as a weak side backer, and his athleticism makes for an exciting pick. Although, again, the Bills did reach a little bit in drafting him at pick number 91. Now, the last three picks we're going to break down here on Bill Leave, 
I'm a big fan of the fifth round pick, Justin Shorter, uh, the wide receiver out of Florida, who the Bills took at number 150. His speed, his big frame, and his high pedigree. This is a former five-star recruit at Penn State who slipped to the fifth round because he really, he was a little inconsistent uh, at Florida. He had drops when he was at Penn State, which led to him transferring to Florida. But his frame and his footwork and his route running abilities for a six foot four, 230 pounder with good speed, too. I mean, he's very similar in makeup and talent to Gabe Davis as an ex receiver on this roster. Um, he, he's somebody who really uh, has an ability to stretch the defenses to get open and boundary routes down the sidelines. Um, he's not going to be someone contributing in the intermediate routes or the short routes over the middle of the field, but with the massive target that he presents with his above average speed and frame and footwork, he's going to be a developmental wide receiver who could come in and contribute. The bills thought so highly of Justin shorter. They brought him in on a top 30 visit and that's evidence that the bills liked what they saw and heard from shorter. For me, this is a home run upside pick at number 150, getting someone with, again, the big bulky frame of 6'4 on the outside. He's going to challenge defenses with his speed and with his size. How do you possibly neutralize someone if Justin Shorter rounds into his form? He's, again, a developmental prospect. And for wide receivers where the league is always trying to find someone who's talented to come in and stretch the opposing defense downfield, Justin Shorter is quite useful and has nice high upside with his vertical leaping abilities, his solid frame, his above average speed. This is a good pick for the Buffalo Bills. I can't wait to see what his development plays out as the fifth round pick, uh, Justin Shorter, the wide receiver out of Florida. And then for the last two picks here on Believe, I've done some research on these two. I've seen a little bit of film, but I'm going to give you some very raw thoughts on Nick Broker, who was picked number 230 out of Ole Miss, and Alex Austin, who was picked number 252 out of Oregon State. I like the broker signing. It's another commitment to the interior offensive line. You're getting a four-year starter, reliable, durable, never missed a game in his collegiate career. This is the exact type of upside pick that you're looking for in the seventh round. This is the prototypical lineman that fits in with Aaron Cromer's offensive schemes. He's tall, he's got a lean frame, and he's pretty athletic now, for being a guard out there. He was a second team All-American at left guard in 2022. And as an above average athlete, he's got sound technical ability. He's going to do very well in a zone scheme offense, which again is what Buffalo runs. It makes sense to me. You're getting a proven three-year starter who easily could be someone who pushes for depth and roster spots and snaps at the guard position. And all of a sudden with the broker signing now and drafting Osiris Torrance, what went from being a weak spot, a weakness, the depth along the offensive line heading into the offseason, now the Bills have a, a glut of bodies out there who can compete for reps and push each other. Broker easily could have gone in the fourth or the fifth round. I like his stability. I think it's a great signing for Buffalo in the seventh round to go and say, you know what? We need more help on the O-line. Let's bring in a guy like a Nick Broker. 
And the final pick for the Buffalo Bills was Alex Austin. If you were to look up in a Bills dictionary, the prototypical body for a Buffalo Bills cornerback, Alex Austin fits the mold in every sense of the word. He's got good height at six foot one. He's got good physicality as an outside corner. The one area for concern with him is he's not the best athlete and he's not the quickest either. However, he's really physical. He's pretty fluid out there with his footwork. And he's somebody who just has an incredibly smooth playing ability to his game. When you watch tape of Alex Austin, he's really patient uh, in his man coverage and he's got great footwork and with good size and arm length, I think he's really going to prove to be a, a pretty versatile signing at the back of the secondary. One of the reasons I like the pick too is Alex Austin used to be a wide receiver. He brings that understanding of offensive concepts to his defensive position, and he's able to recognize what an offense might do in their different looks out there. And I think his IQ and his physicality will offset the lack of speed. Uh, he did not run a very fast 40. It was a 4-5-5. But again, his footwork and his ability to play in different types of coverage really makes him an exciting and intriguing prospect to pick up with pick number 252. Um, he could have gone as high as the fourth or fifth round with his abilities, with his movement and his footwork. But again, I like the pick. You add to the secondary, and he might be a youngster who pushes some of the more established veterans on the depth chart off with his abilities to come in and potentially contribute right away. Again, he's good in space. He had two big interceptions as a senior, and he plays heavily in a zone defense. That's exactly where he will fit in and excel with Buffalo. Look for him to be a valuable depth piece at the back of the secondary. Phew. Well, that's a recap of Buffalo's 2023 NFL draft class here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I want to get your thoughts. What did you like? What did you not like about Buffalo's picks? Who were some of the reaches and who are some of the great values that Brandon Bean picked up in the 23 NFL draft? Get involved with me on social media. I am at John Boccasino. And as a reminder, next week, my colleague and co-host Jamie D'Amico, who has been on a well-deserved vacation, will get the band back together and reunited next week here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Go Bills!